I'm Matt Bronger. This might help. I am not a doctor. This might help. I'm not a professional. Let's have fun. This honestly is a good time. I'm Matt Bronger. This might help the podcast. Hey, welcome to This Might Help with Matt Bronger, the advice podcast that doesn't know why it gives advice. I can't stress it enough. I don't know where the idea came from, but in an early incarnation of the podcast, I just had people start calling me and I appreciate it. But as I always say, if you need clinical help, like I know I do weekly, get it. Uh, talk to a therapist, talk to someone who is a professional. I will never have a professional on the show. I will never be a professional. This is for entertainment. But like a fun pill that someone gave you at a party in your 20s when you're indestructible, this might help. I don't know. This might help. <laughs> so today I have uh, uh, an old friend and a new friend who are both great folk. Um, Meredith Salinger, you know as a stage screen and voice actor, as well as a writer and producer. And Patton Oswalt, you know as a comedian and a professional dum-dum like myself, who is also an actor and writer and producer. And they are married. Folks, we have yeah. two guests at once. It is fantastic. Guys, how are you? Hi, We're Matt. Good. Thanks for having us. Thanks oh, for absolutely. having us on, man. You bet, you bet. Thanks. I was uh, I was psyched that you guys uh, were into it because this is a bit. I would say a bit of a fringe podcast, kind of. You know, <laughs> we're 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 not Wait, the this... biggest, but we do have a, a pretty rapid following. Uh, the Mighties, they're called. So they are. They were very excited online. The Mighties, I love it. I feel. Yeah. There's nothing better than when people have fans and they make like the Beliebers and the Beehive and. <laughs> Pat, right. we need yeah, to right. come up. We need a, we need a name for our people. Yeah, um, it, it, it definitely as, helps. The Oswallingers. I don't know what we're gonna call it, but <laughs> not. I don't know. I like that. Is is, is Juggalos taken? Is, is there <laughs> Juggalos, Juggalos taken? I, I like Oswallingers because it, it just sounds it sounds like a, a an early American family that that was <laughs> almost an empire but wasn't. Yeah, you know, like. Wasn't the Rockefellers, but was always angry that they never somehow got as big. In the we were we were pork barons. We controlled the pork empire. Yeah. So, like, let's get what well, like your podcast. Explain it to the folks uh, who may 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 not be familiar. What is what is the deal with the? Take it our away, Meredith. Oh, our podcast is called "Did You Get My Text." Okay. Um, and basically it's called that because Patton and I, uh, live in the same house and, um, we text each other all day long. Like we're never near each other. Well, actually, let me take that back. We're always near each other, but, but somehow it's a lot easier just to text each other. Like, uh, what's, you know, what are you doing? What's this, what's that? And we will, um, we'll respond with like a little thumbs up or a heart to the text or like, we'll respond really quickly, but we never actually get a chance to sit down and talk about the things that happened that week. Mm -hmm. So it sort of gives us an opportunity to sit down, go through our texts and talk about the things that uh, we never got to delve into fully. Oh, nice. Yeah. I love, I love the, the dissection of the minutia of, of, of relationships because you guys are, are people who definitely, I mean, I know for a fact, are very happy, but you also present very happy online, but I think that's natural. No, no, no. We, ident we identify as happy. We identify, we identify as happy. happy. And you, <laughs> because you are. I mean, I, I think it is, it is one of those things where we do live in 
you know, sometimes thrive and, and flail in this business where people, Ooh. it's just all about the presentation. And I know that gets me down. I know that gets you down too, Patton, where mm -hmm. we're kind yeah. of, you know, it's like, you're always got to be on the ball and it's the brand, brand, brand. Uh, but, some, and, you know, sometimes the brand is depression and curmudgeonness and that can take energy when you have to put that on when you're actually not feeling that way. It, can, it cuts both ways. Mm -hmm. You know, like there are people that's that your I, brand. That's not my brand. No, that is. But not. I think there are people that, that sometimes have to like they, they can't experience a full range of emotions because the money is in this little here's where right. it lands and they got to land it all the time. Right, right. I mean, you know, I've talked with Kyle Kinane about this a lot. Like we started out in comedy together and we were always kind of like, you know, the wild and crazy, you know, party type dudes when we were younger. And it's like, that does not sustain and nor would I want it to. You I can't, mean, it, it can't sustain. It no. can't. Yeah. There's a reason Dave Attell is sober now. And it's probably yeah. <laughs> you know, insomniac, you yeah. know, like it's, it's just, you yeah. can't. So it's, you're, you're better off kind of like finding your better self and presenting as that rather than kind of going, ooh, this yeah, I smells. Always, <laughs> I always loved Hunter S. Thompson, but near the end of his like his early books, he truly was gobbling every drug, drinking every alcohol known to man, and it was making his writing good. And then later on, he had to kind of like recreate that where he yeah. clearly wasn't he wasn't doing it anymore because no one could do that at the no. rate he was doing it. There's no way. There's yeah. no way. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he always modeled himself after he wanted to be like Paul Bunyan, like an American legend, but <laughs> like how exhausting, you know, uh, to yeah. always be John Henry or, or Paul Bunyan or just right. this Annie Oakley, like anything that is, it's like, can I, I want to put my guns away. Can I just hang out and have a muffin for the love of God? I know that Annie Oakley was, that was her biggest desire. She just was like, I just want a muffin. <laughs> I trying to bring muffins to the frontier. That was her whole thing. <laughs> that was her whole thing. It was all about muffins. I just remember in the nineties, a lot of my friends were doing variations on, there's that great onion article of hipster over explaining why he was at the mall. Um, <laughs> as if that's this shocking thing. And I had a mm -hmm. lot of friends that did versions of that, like, oh, I only use this cell phone for, like, this is, like, and I'm like, guys, guys, Bob Dylan just did a lingerie ad. No one is shocked that you're doing <laughs> anything weird. No it's, one cares. Just, it's okay. Just chill out with the with the history of yourself. It's not that amazing. <laughs> yeah, because in the end of being like, you know, I don't care if anyone thinks I'm cool. It's like, that's clearly all you care about. That's all, like, you, that's all you think you're, of. You're screaming in a well for the echo. <laughs> while you're alone you know like meredith i mean you uh are 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 an example of really cool you know reinvention if i may you know oh. because you no, because you 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 seem very mentally healthy and you, you were <laughs> no you were like very famous very young you know yes. and that's that's a yeah. hard thing well yeah. i got lucky because i think a lot of the uh child actors and stuff that i grew up with not all of them mm -hmm. but many um, you know, you need to have very um, good parents who care about you and aren't living off you and you're not their meal ticket and that they, you know, I remember when I began acting, my mom was like, um, you can do this as long as you keep your grades up and you stay nice. And if either one of those two things ever isn't the best, then it's bye-bye to the acting thing. You don't get to do it. Cause it was my thing. I was like, this is what I want to do. And my mom's like, I'll support you, but you must mm -hmm. maintain your grades and you must go to college and all the things that a 
you know, a good upstanding citizen, you know, <laughs> they wanted to make me into. And, um, and so, yeah, but I, I definitely was surrounded by a lot of kids who didn't have a lot of parental supervision and did lots of drugs and, you know, mm -hmm. fell into bad ways. And ultimately a bunch of them died and it, it, you know, it's tragic and horrible and I understand it. You know, it's very hard to have a lot of success as a child and then to not match that same success. When you get older, you feel like a failure. Like there's no other career where, you know, yeah. where you start at the top of your, where you can start at the top of the career. Like no lawyer is like, well, I was on the Supreme court and then I'm now <laughs> relegated to, you know, yeah. traffic accidents. But when you're a child star and you start starring in a movie, like that's the thing where you start. Yeah. And so it's very difficult to maintain that. And it, and it is a blow to your self-esteem to, to everyone's mine included, if it's not at that level. Yeah. Well, but, and it's, you know, and, you have and you to, don't, you don't get to audition for the Supreme court at you know nine <laughs> and then get it and then have to exactly that, that right. level of that level of scrutiny. I mean, and I, there's I, no I, sort of shame, more shame put on anyone than an actor. It's sort of mm -hmm. like, you know, if you're a lawyer and then suddenly you're like, you know what? I want to be a yoga teacher. I've had enough lawyering. I want to chill and teach yoga or open up a pot farm. And yeah. uh, no one says, oh, my God, you couldn't make it as a lawyer. But if you're an actor and you're like, you know what? I want to I want to become a lawyer or, or not a lawyer. I want to do something else. They're like, oh, you just didn't make it as an actress. That's why. So there's like this shame put on you if yeah. you choose or do anything but the thing that you started as. And so, yeah, it's a it's a tough road for a lot of people. But I'm, I was very lucky. I had great parents and um, education is a big, important thing to me in my life anyway. So that sort of kept me on the right path. Well, yeah. And I mean, I also the thing that really stood out to me was you said if your mom said as long as you stay nice. And right. that, that, so, that sounds so innocuous, but that's kind of everything. I mean, when I, yeah. the best advice I ever got in this, you know, insane hoi polloi business was like, uh, a guy was like, look, just be nice to everybody, man, just please. And I was like, I was going to anyway, but that right. is the best uh, advice yeah. because people really do hold grudges and also just they don't sure do. think you're, you're, you're <laughs> any better or anything and, and just kind of kill them with kindness because... Yeah. I mean, I imagine people thought they owned you, like people that were just fans were kind of like, as you put, said, like, they don't think you should be able to do anything else. You're like, no, no, you'd already did that. So right. you, well, you're going to stay this in my mind. And that's how I want you. And you're like, I don't care how you want me. I, it's right. what I want. And then are the people that want to be mean to you for some reason will use, <laughs> if you change anything against you, if you uh, do anything outside of the entertainment business, if you started as a child actor, you're a failure. Oh yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I yeah. dabbled in things. I went to, um, uh, the center for dispute resolution at Pepperdine law school to become a mediator. And, um, that was really fun and cool and interesting, but I was still acting. Um, so I never got that. You couldn't hack it as an actress thing, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. That happens. No, I mean, I, yeah, I've, I, I was on a show with Christina Applegate and, you know, she's awesome. And, and I, but I had people who, when I was on the road would be like, oh, you're, I'm going to invite you to my wedding and bring her. And right. Like, Are you bonkers? I'm, Ew. I mean, I'm loosely friendly with this person. Like we'll text right. happy birthday and stuff, but like, it's not, 
and even if even if she and I were dating, I wouldn't come to your way. I don't know you. Thanks for yeah. paying the 20 bucks for my show. And it's like, they not only think they own her, they think because they came to see me, they, it just, it, yeah. the six degrees of, you know, maniac separation in this business. I mean, Patton, I imagine you get, I, <laughs> I just talked to a comic who found out this term from, um, from musicians, uh, uh, punishers is what they call fans that like pull you aside and they're super wasted and they won't let you. And they're like, Hey, I just want to let you know, you got me through some hard times. Listen. And other people are like, Hey, Patton, can I take a picture? And they're no, no, me and Patton are talking. <laughs> oh, yikes. I haven't experienced punishers. that. I, but I, I have but experienced. Go people ahead. come up to you a lot and say, Hey man, you really did get me through a hard time. Thank you for that. But they're but usually when I see it, they're so cool about it. They're like, well, yeah, no, so I just wanted to thank you. Thank you. No, that, I, but I know. Yeah, I but. know what Matt's talking about, and and that though those are the kind of fans, especially people like David Cross and David Tell had those because they presented themselves as these hard partying drinkers. So people are like right. this guy will get me right. when I'm wasted and like man when I. When when everyone in my life abandoned me, uh, in other words, you pissed everyone off because you're a drunk. You drove them away. Um, your comedy was still there, man, and you and I are hanging out tonight because you get it. And yeah. you, they're like, I need to get away from you. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't get that, but I do get the. Uh, I've, I've, I'm sure you've had this as a comedian too. Is I don't even know what to call them, but it's the people that they're a fan of yours, but they got to also show that they can hang with you. By kind of insulting you a little bit, like, oh, yeah, I'm mean. not totally worshiping you. Like, hey, man, love Ratatouille. Um, not the biggest King of Queens fan. Uh, you know, some <laughs> of stuff, but just you know, like, you're doing all right. Like, you're doing all right. Like, <laughs> like, dude, we're not. I'm not trying to hang with you. Like, I'm. You, you weren't some level of cool that I had to somehow pass to. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. I've, yeah, I've gotten that a bunch of times. Yeah, I mean, I think. I think everyone's got that no matter how well you've done in this business on any level there's someone that's like well i mean i there's a guy that i met i was where what was i somewhere in arizona like 10 years ago and he, he knew of a friend of mine who had a sitcom out and was like just out of nowhere he's like he's like yeah the ratings aren't great but you know i like i'm like would you just get away from me like you armchair showbiz man <laughs> Why, why, you have to say something negative to engage yeah. with as if that'll kind of draw me in, which of course is just like, you know, calling a, 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 a woman ugly in a bar. So she'll be like, oh, I should win it, you it, over. It's a, it's a form of nagging, right? Because then they're like, yeah. oh, well, then the, I'll make this person seek my approval. And then I'll be able to go, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of friends with him. Like I met him, but we kind of hung a little bit. Like I didn't, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't just worship the guy. Like I gave him a little bit of shit and I think he appreciated that. Like, Oh, yeah. just, uh. somebody gave me shit once, but without the intention of wanting to hang out with me. I remember okay. it was the what? worst day of my life. <clears throat> oh. I was My car had broken down and I was, it was like, put, 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 and I was trying to get to the service station and it was like really early in the morning and I had no makeup on and I was like in tears and there was something going on in my life. My hair was oh. a disaster and I'm, super early in the morning trying to get to this place. And I pulled up at a stoplight and this guy in a car next to me pulled up next to me. And he kind of looked over at me, like roll down your window. Like he was going to say something. And I, and I did. And he goes, you're that girl from dream a little dream. Right. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, Oh man, I had the biggest crush on you. He's like, you're ugly. And he drove off. And I was oh. like, Oh my God. And I just was like, 
in tears, Jesus. just like dying. I was so, I was like, oh, my car's broken down. And he's telling what me, I was like, I just God. was sobbing. That special but, like, place in hell. That's all I can he, say. I he mean, definitely uh, wasn't trying to stick around and be like, oh, wait, you don't think I'm pretty anymore? Can't we talk? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, that, what a, just, what a, oh, what a piece of shit. I was heartbroken. Yikes. Oh, yeah. Cause that, there's no way that doesn't hurt. It's I mean, just awful. Yeah. Oh God. And the thing was, he wasn't wrong. It wasn't like, it wasn't like he was just trying to be a dick and I looked gorgeous. Like I looked like shit. And he definitely was like taken aback. Like how could this pretty girl from this movie be so hideous? And I, and it made it worse. Cause I was just like, Oh God. Oh, well, you know, you're why not would you, uh, idiot. So mean. And also like, oh, yeah, I mean, uh, ugly is the, is the harshest, harshest. It's so mean. Yeah. It's so, so fucking mean. mean. And so like, mean. Oh God. What a, like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I mean, I know it's so <laughs> awful. Yeah, I well, you know, uh, uh, with, without hyperbole, I hope something terrible happened to him. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I think I think we've all had that though, where someone has yelled something or said something absolutely terrible, like like to us. Uh, you know, Patton, I know you have. You know, and. I've had it. Alice, Alice actually yelled at him. Okay. <laughs> no, we were, From no, we were water. doing a, a little bit. We were doing a Patton was doing a funny little bit and he was doing a gig outside, outside on the lawn. Like when it was coronavirus oh. and nobody could go see anybody. Right. Patton did this little bit. We filmed him and he's like outside doing a bit to the neighborhood, like the stand-up gig to the neighborhood. And we had Alice walk by like, as if she was just a passerby and she goes, you suck. <laughs> oh that's awesome he heckled yeah. him on purpose that was funny well that's why i think matt and i have a different perspective on especially online trolls because my trolls for the first 10 years of my life were standing five feet from me screaming at me so when someone right. is going after me online right. it doesn't land like it does for other people only because i'm like i'm used to this being i'm used to the guy having access to me so this doesn't right. really when you're if you're trolling me from behind a fake name and an anime avatar, I'm like, I, I actually respect the people that are sitting 10 feet from you telling you that you stink. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, Patton, I don't even know if you remember this, but we first met at the Chicago Comedy Festival in like 1999. Me oh and Kyle God. had been doing stand-up maybe like a year, maybe. Yeah. And like, uh, you and Marin were bouncing around at different shows. Marin, that was the last weekend he ever drank. I know, remember substance. how drunk he was. Oh boy. Yep. And uh, you, uh, you and he had just done some drop-ins, and some local comic, I forget her name, had taken issue. And I remember being in the audience, and you got on stage, and she just stands up, she's wasted, she's like, "You suck, you suck," and you're like, "Uh huh, okay, listen, here, I agree with you." I agree. <laughs> and I, I remember you that thing where you're like, you're the voice in my head. And you made it really funny. And it, it, oh, that's funny, honey. Yeah, it was, yeah. It, was, it, was, it, was really, it was really good because it was kind of like you made it like, oh, that's my it's my id in the audience talking, everyone. And uh, right. you know, yeah, so like, I think that's 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 it. It's 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 I it's, think that I think that's one where I'm like, your hatred does not match my self-loathing. Like, don't no. even try. It, it you never. don't even know what you're going up against right now. Just, I'm going to do you a favor. Just sit down, please. Yeah. And save you some embarrassment right now. When I when I did JFL in 2007, our warm they put our warm-up sets online, on, like, MySpace. Just put them oh. up. And, like, yeah, I mean, oh, it was fine. God. But every single comment <laughs> under mine was, like, you suck, dude. You look you know, like like uh, you're a weird looking fucker, like all terrible shit. Yeah. And, you know, and and 
And I just looked into all I felt was, yep. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> that is terrible. Yeah, that, that yeah. joke needs work. Um, so uh, uh, getting getting to the crux of the show, I always ask people, like, do you get asked advice? So, Meredith, you get uh, people asking you and, and, you know, traditionally through your life. I, I imagine when you started out, you were a little bit more the responsible one from what you just said earlier from your, I'm pretty your... responsible. Yeah, mm-hmm. I get. Oh, people ask me advice all the time. OK, my sister asks me advice. I have this very. Uh, uh, I've always been into psychology and um, I've always been sort of a mediator in general, like between between parents, between friends, I'm always the one who sort of helps settle issues and, or uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely someone that my friends come to for advice for all different sorts of things, whether it's relationship or political or whatever. Um, And a lot, since I married Patton, people are like, how later in life did you find your true love after you dated all those hideous, horrible people. <laughs> um, so yes, I'm, and I also love giving advice because I, I mean, I have that horrible quality where I think I'm right about everything. <laughs> so, well, I mean, I feel like you've been through it though. You've been through it yeah. a lot more than most of us, you know, and still come out swinging. I mean, I, I, my big thing is like younger comics opening for me where I'm just, I'm sure Pat and you could have this times a hundred where I'm just like, you need to calm down. You have so much time. You're great. Yes. Stop. Relax. Breathe. I mean, I'll just, I'll just, I love sitting with them and being like, God, thank God it's, I'm with people my age. And they're like 20 yes. and they're laughing. And like, I mean, I had a kid in my mid forties. So I'm just like, it's okay. Relax. Don't smoke cigarettes. Don't do cocaine. Other than that, you're yeah. probably all right. You know? Right. I remember in my, in my second memoir, I said, no one acts more like they are running out of time, like someone in their twenties, you know, people in their, then their twenties like, oh, I got, this is it. I got to do it. People in their fifties are like, yeah, life is long. You're yeah. going to be in sometimes you're going to be out. Yeah. It's all in a cycle. Yeah. You know, this year you're not the big thing. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Just keep no. going. But in your twenties, yeah. you're like, I got you. Cause a lot of, look, and I, I love Eminem and I love the song, um, lose it. Lose but, yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the philosophy of that song of you've got one shot. <laughs> you're like, no, you don't. If I if I could list the shots I've blown yep. uh, before I got the one that made it. So that mentality, I think, screws a lot of people up. Yes, it because does. they this was my I mean, I can't I can't tell you the amount of people that auditioned for SNL and didn't get it and then okay. be, it went on to become gigantic stars. Oh, yeah. I mean, I always say, like, when I did Mad TV, it was like they were looking at me and Eric Andre. And to this day, I don't know why they didn't, you know, book him and like look at him yeah. now. You know, it's just yeah. like it doesn't it's it's you're going to be fine. So, yeah, exactly. So, Pat, you get asked advice. Yeah. Short answer. Yeah. I, yeah, I get to yeah, the, t- the two main things of advice I get, obviously, are, you know, how do you get over grief? And, and mm-hmm. I always steer people towards go to a grief counselor, get therapy. I don't want to become the grief guy because the most, the best advice I can give is I went and saw a therapist. I got on medication. You should do the same thing. I am not the guy to come to, to guide people through grief. Just because I went through it at best, I can guide you to resources and that's it. Um, And then the other one I get is of course, you know, how do you make it as a standup? How do you make it in showbiz? And I get it. There's a subcategory of that, of like, 
how do you get through when you're kind of a weirdo? Like, I think a lot of people see me as this, you know, you're not the best looking dude. You're, you have very weird interests and yet somehow mm. you made that work for you. And, yeah. and my advice with that is like, just really love what you love and be excited about it. And people yeah. will eventually find you. If, yeah. if you're trying to, if you're trying to, to mold yourself into whatever's popular in the time, there's no shelf life to that. And then right. you're, um, you'll just get lost. That's mm -hmm. why, by the way, the biggest advice I give to young comedians when they say, hey, would you watch my set, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, never. And, and I'm paraphrasing. This is what Andy Kindler said to me. So mm -hmm. I pass this along. He's like, never ask anyone to watch or critique your set. Because even if they're doing, even if they give you the best advice possible, all they're doing is making you more like them. Yeah. Never ask for input. Do your own stuff make massive mistakes and then um, evolve and find your own. And then you'll find your own voice and you'll be completely unique. If you get any advice from me, you'll just become a lesser version of me. That's it. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Um, okay. So uh, I don't listen to the calls. That's my thing. We have two rules. I don't listen to oh. the calls first and uh, I, we don't Google anything. So if we have a technical question, you know, Oh, what's the what's the 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 size ladder to use to get to a second story roof? I don't know. I'm not. I love here. it. That's the best. Long, There's nothing more annoying one. than people. A, <laughs> the, yeah, the one but at in home. In general, people. that's yes. a great rule. Anyway, like if you're at the dinner table and you're having a conversation, and people are like, "I wonder," da, 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 like just wonder. Don't just pull wonder. out your phone at the dinner don't table. Just wonder, and no. eventually later look it up if you're still curious. But like we didn't yeah. have that back in the day. No. And, and it's also a pet, speculate pet of mine as a touring comic, you know, and I'm sure yours too, Patton. It's like people like you post a thing and they're like, when is the show? It's like, it's right. It's there. I put the time and the date. You just want to engage and you're yep. bored. Stop. So, okay. Uh, let's, uh, let's roll the first call. Go ahead, Renee. Well, thank you. I'm hoping that you can help. Um, Patton and Meredith, you are my favorite. And so I am calling mainly because I saw a post from Meredith on um, online, on social media. So here's my question. I have two young men um, visiting my house, and they are sons of my husband. And um, we have only been married a few months, and we're trying to set up our own um, rules. And I, well, we feel like they are on social media and on electronics way too much. And so we're trying to set up our own rules within the household and um, we're getting a lot of pushback. So what advice would you give? How do we handle it? How do we explain the need for balance and moderation? And um, yeah, that's, that's my question. Thank you very much. Well, I'm so happy that she asked that question because I feel like what I'm about to say will apply to my husband as well. <laughs> you know, a lot of people are addicted to their phones and they're not present. And uh, it's very difficult even just to say, like, even, oh my God, look at him now. You guys can't see, but Pat just pulled out his phone and he's looking at his phone. It's hilarious. Um, you, you want a really long ladder to get to that, that second. Uh, ha ha. Um, listen, that's a really great question. Um, I have nieces and or friends who come over with kids. And when they're on their phones at my house, I say, hey, you guys, big rule at my house. Um, when we're all together, our phones, you know, you only use your phone as a 
as a camera. If someone's living in your house, it's like check your phone in the morning for the text messages you need to check. Check your phone at night for the text messages you need to check just in case something's going on the next day that you have to respond to. But otherwise, keep put your phone down. This isn't there's no even the other day, Pat and I were driving to a dinner and I'm driving and he and and he's on his phone the whole time checking Twitter and this and that. And I'm like, oh, look at that. Look at that bird or look at that tree or and he's like, what? What? And he misses everything. But even just him being on his phone, we're not on the same wavelength. We're not in the same space. He's elsewhere delving into this whole thing that I'm not part of. And I'm driving and we could be having a random conversation. Something could come up. And I think it's really important. I mean, the phone is killing relationships. It, mm. oh, This woman, I, I know she wants a specific advice for her family. And sorry, I went off on a tangent, but it drives me insane. Uh, um, yeah. Tell the people that are when they're visiting you that, you know, at dinner, you don't you, you put your phones away. And when you guys are talking in the kitchen, they have their phones away. But if they want to go in their room and check their check what they need to check, check, and then come back and be part of the family. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it I wish does, you'd it given ruins, us the age. It ruins she, communication. Yeah. I wish you'd given us the age of these young men. I don't know what she means by I young think she men. said they were they older. Be, yeah. Okay. Well, then, I mean, one thing she could say is, you know, engage them like the adults they are and be interested in them and say, look, I know you want to check your phone. I want to check my phone. Yeah. Well, let's like have a little box go. Let's toss all of our phones in the box. And then we'll all check mm-hmm. them together. But I actually am interested in you. You guys are really interesting people. I actually like talking to you. And and um, the, this will never go away. Uh, but not to be grim, but someday you and I will go away. Yeah. So let's make the most of it uh-huh. and, you know, do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could also make a fun game. I know friends who go to dinner. And when they go to dinner with each other, they all put their phones in the middle of the table. And whoever checks their phone first has to pay for the dinner. So that kind of makes it this <laughs> fun uh, willpower battle. So nice. think but of a everybody version of needs that, to maybe. check. Everyone needs to check their phone. Like, let's not pretend that that's not part of our daily lives. It is. <laughs> and just to acknowledge, like, of course, we all need to check our phones. You know, give yourself a chance in the morning, an hour, if you have to answer emails, if you have to do this and that and the other. If you have to check in the afternoon in case you have to respond to something for work and at night before you go to bed, just to make sure everything's copacetic for the next day. But otherwise, let's try to chill on that situation. Yeah. And the thing I've noticed when I do that is I feel better. Like it pays oh, yeah. off. It's not It's not a sacrifice like, <laughs> sorry, religious folks, going to church. You know, I mean, sometimes, <laughs> depend, depending on your church. But, you know, it's one of those breaks that feel you feel better just like exercise. Where it feels yeah. like a thing and it sacrifices and afterwards. Definitely does. Oh, shit, I, my mental health is better. I feel like, yeah. I mean, the way I, it's wild. I, being a dad now, I've learned, you know, how to be better at being my age. Because one thing we'll do with Rose is she'll just be, she'll just wake up and be like, milk, milk, milk. And then go, Elmo, 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 no matter what. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, all right, all right. You know, and like she gets to watch some Sesame Street. That's like her screen. That's what she gets a little bit in the morning after breakfast and stuff. But then at night she comes back. She's like, Elmo, Elmo. Which is basically like, I don't, you suck. I don't need your shit, dad. I want to see Elmo. He's a rock star. I relate to him. I don't relate to you. And it's like, what me and my wife do is go, you want to watch Elmo? And she goes, yes. And go, well, we're not watching Elmo. Would you like to read a book? And she she hulks out for a minute. It's like, but then she'll be like, all right. And then she go and we get a book and we read, you know? So it's kind of like, I'll say that to myself. I'll be like, I know you want the phone, but what if, you know, like I give myself right. options 
Hey, Matt, can I take this opportunity on your podcast to make a deal right here with Patton in front of everybody and God to say, Patton, would you please, when we're driving together, just be with me and don't check your phone just for that short drive. Let's try to have a conversation. And also, you know, let's just make that pact that we're together on a night out. If we're driving to work somewhere, fine, check your phone. But if we're going out for dinner, can mm-hmm. we just please like both be together and like be a couple before we get to the dinner? Well, mm-hmm. seeing as this is a fringe podcast and I'm making this promise in front of maybe eight people, absolutely. <laughs> okay, sure, no problem. Uh, it is binding, though, Patton. So watch. So this, this one's going to go viral. This one's going to blow up. We're going to have someone. Damn it! Someone random, you know, oh. someone incre- incredibly random is, is going to, but famous is going to be like you it's know, only because we podcast I love, and it, you know, yeah, it, it's, it's only because I love you that I want to communicate with you and be together in our wavelength, than be yeah. on two different wavelengths. Well, That's setting a little time, what? we like when this happens, we don't do this. Is good. Yeah. You know, right. My wife will, and I'll do that. It's like date night, throw your phone in the bucket. <laughs> you know, it's like, and it's always, it's better. So, yeah. yeah I, caller, thank you so much for that. And I, I hope that helps. Call back and let, and let me know, uh, what the, what the scoop was with the, with, yeah. the, with the, with the young men. And I, and I will say to add a note of, of, of weird levity, I, when you're like, I have two men coming to my house, I was like, because <laughs> I do, you know, I get, I get poly. One, one of them is delivering pizza and, and one of them is I'm like, fixing okay. the cable. I'm just, exactly. Are these movers? I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, so Renee, let's roll the next call. Hi, Matt. This is uh, Niall um, and the rest of the guests. Hello. Uh, you don't have to answer this one, I guess, if it's kind of, you know, the Debbie Downer. But my brother passed away back in November, November 19th, and... He was such a big fan of comedy. He wanted to be a stand-up comedian, and um, he just loved you. And he like he showed introduced me to you, so I I have him to thank for that. Um, my question is, so I have his little urn, and we used to watch movies all the time together. He loved cheesy movies, and since he passed it felt really weird to not see movies with him anymore. So I bring him like he's in this little tiny urn and I put him in my bag and I go to the movie oh. theater and I kind of put him in the cup. holder. <laughs> but I just kind of <laughs> want to know, I guess, is that weird? Should I not do that? Like, is that maybe too, like maybe that's unhealthy or I don't know, no. but no. it's really great to kind of just, say and again i'm a really big fan and i hope you guys have a good episode okay bye that's so sweet that is frigging beautiful and and it's beautiful it shows you that there's a continuation yes the body is gone the physical presence is gone Mm -hmm. but the memory of this person that and and the experiences that you had what there's not there's no there's no better indication that you belong with someone either as a friend as a Husband and wife, if you can enjoy bad art together, like you. In other words, you transcend the art, and it's more about, oh, I'm here with you. I love you. Let's get through this horrible experience together. <laughs> so um, that memory is still there, and that energy is still there, and your brother is still there. If you're bringing him, you put him in the cup holder. That is uh, amazing. That it, and clearly, 
nothing weird about that. Nothing. No. And also you nothing. can tell how joyful you sound like I'm doing this, like this feels good to me. We did this together and I want to keep doing it. And your voice sounds so genuinely happy to have him there yeah. with you. Um, and maybe over time, I would suggest just for um, less cumbersome things, put him um, in your put him in your house behind your TV somewhere so he can watch with you at home and then make a little <laughs> necklace, take a little bit of his ashes. They sell these little necklaces mm. um, that you could maybe put a little bit of his ashes in like a little necklace and then you don't have to carry the urn unless you want to. But I think it's well, beautiful and what a great sentiment. And you sound like the loveliest person. Yeah. yeah. The fact it, that you were giggling a little bit also makes me feel like you know yeah. that your brother would think this was hilarious and yes. we love yep. the idea. And if it's a if it's a little tiny urn that fits in a cup holder, just bring the urn with you. Stick him in the cup holder. Your yeah. brother would laugh his ass off knowing you were doing that. He'd be so yeah. happy. No, yeah. And it's it's it, oh God. It's just it's 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 weird, but that's fantastic. It's fantastic weird and great weird. And it's it's just it's kind of fucking. I always say, you know, like Sinatra had that quote, "Whatever gets you through the night." It's like whatever gets you through this, and, yeah, and, and has and 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 keeps him close to you. Not that he'll ever not be close to you. Is right. all right. This is fine. I, 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 any anyone who would be like, "Why are you doing that?" That's odd. Fuck them. Like this. Right. This, is a, this is what you feel. You know, this is what feels good to you. Right. Yeah. But also, you know how in the movie Dumbo, the the crow gives him a feather. Somebody who gives him the feather to say you can fly if you hold on to this mm -hmm. feather. Yeah. And then the fact is, it wasn't the feather that let him fly. It was his belief in it. So it's not necessarily ultimately, eventually the urn with his ashes, but he's with you all the time. And if you're thinking of him, yeah. he's right there with you anyway. So if it feels fun right now or close to you or sentimental to bring it, Bring it. But just so you know, it's not the urn so much as it is. Yeah. He's with you no matter what. And every time you're thinking of him. So th if that's symbolic for you to be like, this is him, we're together. Great. And if and if you don't have it, you're still together and you're, you're still experiencing the movie together. Yeah. Anytime you want him to be there, he's there. Yeah. But it is great yeah. and awesome. And no, it's not weird. And, you know, for right now, that's awesome. And if you want to do it forever, great. But I, I recommend a little necklace. <laughs> Let me tell you this. If you had told your brother before he died, by the way, if you die, <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna cremate you, put you in a tiny room, I'm going to bring you to movies with me. He would go, you'd better. That is a brilliant idea. Yeah. I can't wait. He would yeah. think that's it, hilarious. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you, 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 let's say sat, sat there with your brother when he wasn't doing well and we're like, look, there's a movie coming out. It's a Hallmark Christmas movie. And yeah. they're going to try to make it edgy. And it's going to be set in, uh, of course, a New England town. But it's going to involve <laughs> aliens. And, you know, some shit that you're like, there's no way that's going to be good. I can't wait. And you're like, yeah. you're going to be with me at that movie no matter what happens. Do you understand? You know, I mean, that, I, if I got oh, cremated, I wouldn't mind if my urn was just placed inside the new Beverly forever. Oh, I yeah. Movies. <laughs> that would be amazing. Be yeah. Beautiful. No, it's kind I'm of so like happy. A, when, when, is that when, what you're asking for in the future? Did you just decide how you want to? I just, I mean, I don't know how long the new Beverly will be there, but I mean, Tarantino says it'll be open as long as he draws breath. Oh I don't yeah, know how healthy he is, but you know, it'd be nice. I'm sure he's doing fine. It's it's got <laughs> some kind of endowment, you know. Yeah, yeah, something. Yeah, so yeah, I think I think your spot is guaranteed. It's going to be like uh, what yeah. you know, Lawrence Olivier buried next to Shakespeare, you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that's your version. Yeah. You know. um, oh man, caller, I can't. I I honestly almost started. No shit, I almost, I teared up. I almost. That was really sweet. Yeah, yeah, that was one. so beautiful. But to go such a wonderful story and also the kind words. I. Yeah. Ah, you made my you made my day. Um, uh-huh. Okay, uh, caller number three. Hi, this is Matt calling from Madison, Wisconsin. Um, recently, my girlfriend got upset with me because she overheard me telling a joke to a friend where I referred to a vagina as a stench cave. Not her vagina, just in general. And she thought that was degrading, which makes sense. So I certainly appreciate how she feels. And I apologize, but I then asked another friend of mine about it, and he thought that was a horrible thing to say, whereas I just thought it was stupid as part of a joke. So I'm wondering, you know, have I been to too many Dave Attell shows where this doesn't (laughs) seem like a, you know, horrible thing to say to me? Or, you know, is is it just something where everyone else is wrong. I'm just curious what I feel about this. Um, it wasn't my most dignified moment, but I thought it was a good joke. So thanks a lot. Love the show. Bye. Hmm. I will say um, one thing. One of the, one of the, I mean, I'd say the Achilles heel of this show is non, non-specifics. I've, you know, I, I've said this yeah. in times. I've had people that are like, hey, should I break up with my girlfriend? What do you think? Beep. Like, man. <laughs> You know, and yeah, so give it's me like, some it's details. Like asking, is it funny? Like, where's the? Jo- I don't. You didn't say the sentence. Say the like, joke. Dave Attell could make it funny, but it would somehow be about himself. You know, right. if that makes any sense, or a, 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 a hypothetical. So, just keep that in mind as you answer. Uh, uh, given friend. okay, given the lack of details of that call, I will still say, if you weren't referring specifically to her vagina, and you were saying it more in terms of like how an ignorant person would refer to uh, a vagina, which is what I'm hoping kind of the context of the joke is. I've heard horrible terms for the penis and I never take it personally. It's just, it's a funny, if it, if someone thinks of a funny turn of phrase, mm. then I, I will laugh at it. You know what I mean? I, mm. I'm, I'm very much a, uh, uh, I'm very much a, a, a pro feminist, very pro women, but I heard the term in a, in a British essay I was reading, uh, boot-faced feminists, and yes, it's a derogatory term, but boot-faced is a wonderful descriptor, and I got to give that credit, even though that's offensive. Hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it, yeah. it just—it depends on the context. Yeah, absolutely. But I will. It's like the fir- my my first thoughts are okay. A, what an absurd uh, <clears throat> term. But B. Mm-hmm. It's one of those situations, like a billion others, where uh, women are put upon in our society. Yes. You know, it, it, like just to go out here, at, you know, for the smell. You know, it's one of those things where it's like <laughs> men are generally not. And balls smell terrible. And it's one of those I know. We, because we run everything, we've swept that under the rug. You know, ball, <laughs> big, big ball stench is worse than big oil. Let's be honest. It really we're is. Yeah. But, but we're all in the, we're in the pocket of big ball. That's we, the problem. <laughs> We are in the pocket of Big Ball. We can't talk 100%. about it. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I count on that check. That pays for daycare. But, um, 
if he's telling a joke and his wife overhears the joke, I mean, if I hear something gross and offensive, I'll just be like, Ugh, that's so gross. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't find it offensive. I just found it gross. And right. and nothing is offense. I don't find anyone talking about, you know, listen, people get offended by different things. There's different kinds of people. Yeah. There's just different kinds of humor. And, um, you know, if you're near your girlfriend or your, you know, your mom or her mom, think about what you might say in front of her mother. <laughs> like, right. is that going to offend her mother? Then don't say it. But if yeah. you're with your guy friends and you're just being stupid by yourself, like, you know, that's just a gross turn of phrase, but you know, who cares? No, I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I always, I always defer to, there's a genius comedian named Dana Goodman, who I started out with in Chicago and she would make it a point to gross out dudes. She would right. find turns of phrases that, and just throw them out there like just normal. Like they're just, this is what people call it. And you'd just be like, Jesus. Like she would, she would out sailor the sailors. And I'm yeah. not saying that's a woman's job or anything, but like no. she would say shit that if, you know, I'm just gonna say one of her Dana Goodmanisms. She'd, be, I'd be like, how you doing? She's like, oh, my front butt's barfing blood. <laughs> So she's Steve Agee. You know, like, like just, oh, that's what you call menstruation. Okay. You know, it's really about, it's not just like, yeah, exactly. The kind of person you are, it's your, your general mode of operation. Everyone's different. Everyone who hears things are different. There's an audience for everyone. Um, And, you know, you know, if you're not in that, if that audience isn't intended for you, that being said, yes, there's a culture of men getting in rooms and saying shit about women. And that perpetuates, you know, violence against women and things like this and that, but that's getting super serious about it. This is just your boyfriend and you like, you know, yeah, get over it. Oh, exactly. I, yeah. I think that's it. It's just, it's far more gross. It's not like Trump there. and Billy Bush on the thing going, yeah, I'm going to, you know, whatever they said, you know, that perpetuates far worse. a terrible thing yeah. for women. But if he's joking with his friend and he's, you know, mm-hmm. it's just gross. It's not, Yeah, I don't find it offensive. I find it that's, that, that's exactly correct. So now we have a quick speed round. There's just a couple oh. little ones. So, uh, and then, and then, uh, we're out and you guys, by the way, have been utterly fantastic. Oh, Matt. Oh, thanks, Matt. Yeah. I'm really psyched. And I have, I've not dug into your podcast yet and I'm excited too. So it's the best podcast ever. (laughs) (laughs) The only good one out there. So I've heard one you guys should be listening to. There's other informative. You guys guys both. Uh, That's the only one. Ours the only one. So, uh, Okay. So uh, buying my first house and also raising a three-year-old baby boy, what wisdom do you have? Don't have stairs. Yeah, I mean, don't try, <laughs> don't not, get try stairs. to move a bungalow. Don't get um, <laughs> We're doing a speed get, round, get... baby, speed round. Yes. Okay, go. Funny speed round answers, Next I one. think, is what he's looking for. Okay, great, that's one. So, okay. <laughs> Should you try to get your friend to leave a narcissist, quote-unquote, hush, or do you just wait it out? <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, your friend is obviously going out with the greatest person in the world. Why would they leave them? The healthiest. Uh, that's a good one, Patton. The longest man with the largest penis. Correct. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Good answer, honey. <laughs> of course, leave him. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. Narcissists are hell. No. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've you have no autonomy when you're with a narcissist. Ugh, yeah. I, ha- I had a friend who had a tattoo in his arm that said, you know, because it's one of those things I feel like I should have that tattoo and throw it up because some people, they're yeah. just right in to hear it. Yeah. yeah. Tell your friend. Yeah, break up with them. This dude yeah, sucks. You already know the answer to that. Yes. Okay, last one. 
I moved to Texas last year. It sucks ass. Move away. Okay, thanks for listening to the show. That was fun. (laughs) No, it's pretty good. Uh... It sucks ass. All Z's. As. Do you think Abbott will let me get a seat on that migrant bus? (laughs) Oh, my God. George Abbott. I think I think everyone mentioned in that thing should die. The the writer, (laughs) Abbott, everyone. Good question. Good good answer. Okay, good. Now, uh, advice advice portion is through. Uh, uh, Plug plug podcast this year. Is there anything you would like to plug? Uh, I assume your podcast, but also you can say something else you're involved in or something you've come across that you've really enjoyed lately. Well, of course, our podcast, Did You Get My Text, is uh, out every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, I just did a movie with Rita Moreno called The Prank, which was uh, premiered at South by Southwest, which should be getting distribution at some point. Directed Pat- by my friend Maureen Barocha, who is an old Oh, Maureen is the greatest. I love she her had- so much. I-, I was supposed to play a tiny, tiny role in that, but I couldn't make it work with my schedule. I wish I could have been Aww. in that. Oh, it would have been fun. And Patton just did a movie called I Love My Dad, which also yeah. premiered at South by Southwest, which won the Grand Jury Prize and the Audience Award, which is an amazing Ooh. film. Awesome. So look for that when that gets distribution. What else, Patton? Uh, May 9th, I'm going to, May 7th, I will be at the Orpheum in Los Angeles as part of the Netflix is a Joke Festival. Nice. And later this month in April on Stars, you can see me in Gaslit. Uh, which Starring is Sean Penn and Julia Roberts and Patton Oswalt. Nice. Incredible thing about the uh, the Watergate um, investigation from a whole different angle that you did not know existed, but which was actually even more crucial than Woodward and Bernstein. Oh, right on. Oh, and cool. I will leave you. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. I think, holy shit, I think I might have gone in for that and gotten a callback for like like G. Gordon Liddy's right-hand man or some random thing. Really? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, so I think I've read that script. If the same one I'm talking, I'm I went in for. They, Might have been, yeah. They went over oh, the phone book, so I'm not like, not that I'm ever yeah. salty about that stuff, but like what, what I read sounded like was like fantastic. So I'm well, Shea Wingham plays uh, G. Gordon Liddy in this, and he's fantastic. Yeah, no, he's as in- he always is. Yeah, but he <laughs> really, that dude really sinks yeah. himself into psycho G. Gordon Liddy. Yeah, he's one of those real actors, you know, like Meredith. Oh. Right. Aww, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And you, you, and I, you and I, Patton, we dance pretty well for dancing. We, appe- we appear <laughs> in things. These people are actors. You know what's shocking, Patton? And here's a compliment to you. Okay. Uh-oh. Yeah, you're funny. Yeah, you do comedy stuff. But dear Lord, when I see you do intense real roles like you did in Young Adult and Big Fan, yeah. I am and and this new one in Gaslit, you're so fucking talented. And you're yeah, such a good you. actor, like a real wonderful actor. And I'm just always impressed by you. And I love you. Oh. And I had to tell everybody that because I do, and I'm proud of you. That's fantastic. There no. you go. Patton, you go, you we're gonna we're gonna jump up and you uh, you give that sweet lady a kiss. Guys, <laughs> oh, I definitely will thank you for coming <laughs> on right. the show and uh, my best to the rest of the family and enjoy the rest of your day and thank you, Matt. Take it easy, guys. I'll I'll listen to you. Have a great day. Talk soon. Bye. Come on, wasn't that fantastic? Don't you have a problem you'd like to share anonymously? Leave it after the beep. Three two three. 763-0228. Again, that's 323-763-0228. Thanks, guys. This Might Help with Matt Bronger was created and hosted by me, Matt Bronger. Produced by Outer Circle Media. Executive producers Matt Kleinschmidt and Robert Kelly for the Laugh Button Podcasts.